How are you guys today? Man, you feeling good? Man, God is so good. You're shining like Jesus today, amen? That's awesome. That is so good. Well, I'm honored to be here with you today. I'm so excited for what God has on my heart. And uh, do you mind if I just can I tell a little joke? Is that all right? All right, maybe, maybe you've heard this before, but, but I heard it, and uh, so I'm still kind of getting situated. I didn't realize, I'm, th- I'm down there, I'm just in worship, I'm doing everything, I'm like, I don't want my microphone. Like, I need to go get my microphone. And uh, so I'm adjusting it, so uh, bear with me here. But um, so, so I heard this, and I just, it just made me laugh. It still makes me laugh. I hope I can get through it uh, without laughing. That's what jokes are, jokes are great, right? Jokes are, j- jokes are good like that. So, but if you, if you know it, I might hear you laughing from the very beginning, but it says, as a bagpiper, I played many gigs. I didn't even hit the funny part yet. I'm just, you know, I know this one, yeah. Recently, I was asked by a funeral director to play at a graveside service for a homeless man. He had no family or friends, so the service was to be at a pauper cemetery in the back country. As I was not familiar With the backwoods, I got lost, and being a typical man, I did not stop to ask for directions. (laughs) I finally arrived an hour late and saw the funeral guy had evidently gone, and the hearse was nowhere in sight, and there were only the diggers and the crew left, and they were eating lunch. I felt so badly and apologized to the men for being late, and I went to the side of the grave and looked down, and the vault lid was already in place, and I didn't know what else to do, so I started to play. The workers put down their lunches and began to gather around, and I played out my heart and soul for this man with no family and friends. I played like I've never played before for this homeless man. And as I played Amazing Grace, the workers began to weep. They wept, I wept. We all wept together. And when I finished, I packed up my bagpipes and started for my car. Though my head hung low, my heart was full. And as I opened the door to my car, I heard one of the workers say, I've never seen nothing like that before. And I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. (laughs) That's so good. Come on, that's good. That's so good, right? That's so good. Oh, man. Thanks. Thanks for enjoying that with me. That's good. Well, if you would stand to your feet, we have the word of life confession of faith. <laughs> that ever ha- happened to you, Rocco? No, not yet. All right. Rocco plays bagpipes. See, not yet. You know, this story wasn't about you, right? It wasn't good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I just, I, I was hoping I could just get through it without laughing. I just, when you know the end of it, when you know the joke, I, I'm just, I'm giggling. I'm, I'm just reading it. I'm just giggling. It's so good. All right, here we go. Come on, say it like you mean it. Let, let's, I, I want to I look at this real quick. Okay. Um, we have a word of life confession of faith. And uh, our pastor, my dad, just really through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I believe that when he penned this down, it wasn't something just for us to kind of recite as a religious tradition. This was something that was really uh, to invite Holy Spirit and really to activate Holy Spirit in each and every one of our hearts and each and every one of our lives. I just real quickly, and I don't want to take up a lot of time because I have a lot. I, I told Milo last night, I was like, man, I just, I was just, you know, just going over, just kind of preaching to myself in my office last night. And he's like, how'd you do? And I was like, man, like, uh, it was good, but there's no way I'm going to be in the time frame, because I just, I just stood up there and I just, I preached myself happy. I preached for myself for two hours straight. <laughs> I'm good. I'm giving Todd White a run for his money, you know. But, but I want to look at this, and if we can, if we can just kind of go slow through this, like without. But Jesus, be glorified in my life. Okay, look at this. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. See, it's not that Holy Spirit isn't here. We're two or more gathered together in His name. He's in their midst, right? So it's not like we have to, like we're, we're calling and we're Holy Spirit and we're pleading with Holy Spirit. No, 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 Holy Spirit is here, but whether or not your heart is open to receive what he wants to do is on you. You understand that? 
You know, so what this is saying, and, and I know that we even like the song Holy Spirit and that, that's out there, Holy Spirit, um, the come flood this place. Like we changed the words on that and it's a great song. I'm not, nothing against the artists or anything else like that. They're, I'm sure they're wonderful people and um, what it was written for. But like we changed those words to say, you flood this place. You don't need to come because you're already here. I need my heart to be open and receptive. I need to be dialed into who you are and what you're doing. You know, so when we say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. I am welcoming, I am recognizing, and I am being intentional that your presence is here. That Father, you never leave me nor forsake me, but you are here right now, and I'm not gonna be distracted by other things, but I'm gonna be tuned into you, and I welcome your presence. And it's saying, when I welcome your presence, my heart is open to receive the ever-living, never-changing word of God, right? That's God's word. The ever-living, never-changing word of God, regardless of what happens in society, regardless of what's going on around you. His word is the final word. It is ever-living, never-changing, because it's God's word. It was before time, and it will remain after time, right? In the beginning was the word, because the word is who? Jesus, right? Who existed before time and will exist after time. That's hard for our human minds to really comprehend and run around the fact that there was a time that there was no time, that God still existed with, with the Son and Holy Spirit, right? That's hard. That's hard. Our, our, our brains, our human brains only know time. It only knows the space that we have. It only knows morning and night, our 24-hour period. Like, we can't comprehend eternity, and we can't comprehend before time. God started time. I'd say he's pretty awesome. When you start time, like... You're a big deal. But this word, because it's ever living and never changing, it is the word that is changing my life. Because my life can change. My life can mold. My life can become like him. So it's changing my life. And when I invite Holy Spirit in, then it can change my life. It can heal my body because it's activating the word of truth that is in this word. And it is doing what? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. It's setting me free that I don't have to live in bondage. I don't have to live in brokenness. And this is saying that I am, I am working out my salvation. I am working it out because my spirit, man, we're going to get into this probably a little bit more. I don't know where this is going to go today, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> but here's the deal. Like what's happening is you're working out your spirit, man. It's the, the spirit, soul, and body. You're, you're working out your spirit, man. And it's not that, that God is necessarily growing, because when we magnify the Lord, like God doesn't get any bigger, but what we're doing is we're focusing on him. We are magnifying him. We are making him bigger and greater and more in our lives. And this is my faith. My faith is growing, and I am living in the favor of my God. And I declare it. I declare that I am growing. I declare that I'm becoming more and more like Jesus every single day because I, I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I, I believe in that, okay? And I believe that he is setting me free. And because I believe this word, I declare it. And I don't just stop at declaring it, but I declare it because I believe it. If I declare it without believing it, it's empty words. It's just kind of like getting baptized without believing it. You're just getting wet. And I'll gladly dunk you on October 15th or whatever it is. You come for a swim, it's great, it's wonderful. We have a nice heater in there. We can hang out, bring some coffee, it'll be great. But here's the deal. There is no change when it's not the matter of the heart, when you don't believe it. Words can either be empty. I mean, I know life and death are in the power of the tongue, but they can carry either death or life. They can either be empty by meaning they carry no life or they can be full of life. They can be containers for power, containers of power, because I declare it, and when I believe what I declare through faith in the finished work of Christ, therefore I can now receive it by what? Faith. And I stand knowing who I am as a son, and I am blessed. Say it again. Say it again. Amen. Amen. You see it? 
I'm not blessed because of me. I'm not blessed because of me. I'm blessed because of Jesus. Jesus is king, not me. Jesus is king. But it's now Christ in me, the hope of all glory. So when we say this, when we do this, when we stand in honor and reverence of King Jesus, and we say this, we are declaring, we are declaring his word in and over our lives. It's what we're doing. Make sense? Makes sense. All right, so are you now ready to say it like you mean it? Yeah? All right, here we go. Come on, put it back up, and we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna do it. Here we go. Jesus, be glorified in my life. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. My heart is open to receive the ever-living, never-changing Word of God, the Word that is changing my life, healing my body, and setting me free. My faith is growing, and I am living in the favor of my God. I declare it, and I believe it, and I receive it by faith, for I am blessed. Come on. One more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. So good. Well, you may be seated today. Amen. 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 Well, that is so good. God is so good, and he loves you so much today, and he is for you. And when we continue to get that, when we continue to get the fact that he is for us and that he is never against us, man, it is life-changing it is life-changing. The more and more and more that we can get the revelation and the understanding of his love for us, the more we can walk in his truth and walk in his power, walk in his anointing, walk in his calling. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Last time I had the opportunity to be up here, we, we started kind of working through Joshua and, and um, we, we, we kind of, we came to the, the city of Jericho and we saw that that, that no matter what life throws at you, the obstacles, the oppositions, what's happening in life, that, that God wants you to overcome every obstacle and every opposition in your life. That's what he wants. He wants victory for your life. And if we're gonna have the courage to conquer those oppositions, if we're gonna have the courage to step on the battlefield and take the head of that giant, there are a few things, and I know there's a lot more, but a few things that I pointed out are the fact that if you're going to have the courage to conquer, you need to get into God's presence. You need to get God's perspective. And it's about giving God all the praise. And regardless of the circumstance in the situation and what you're going through, maybe you're going through a crisis today. Maybe you're going through something that maybe it caught you off guard. Maybe, maybe you knew it was coming or whatever. But I want to tell you today that crisis is not your destiny. You understand that. I, I wrote this down at the beginning of the week because I believe that, that Holy Spirit really wanted me to share this, that crisis is not your destiny. And what's so beautiful in any situation, the Bible says in, in, in when, when temptation comes, when that crisis situation comes, the Bible says that he always provides a way out. He provided a way out through Jesus. And it's a beautiful thing because the way that God works, his plan, his purpose, is to see his goodness, his future, his hope released in the lives of his people. That's what God wants for your life today. But the enemy wants the exact opposite. The enemy does not want you to be confident in God's word. The enemy does not want you to get into God's presence. The enemy does not want you to get God's perspective. The last thing the enemy wants you to do is to give God praise. Because here's what's happening. When we, are, when we are doing those things, when we're getting in God's presence, when we're getting his perspective, when we're giving him praise, it, we, are, we are invading earth with heaven. Our design is to bring heaven to earth. We are the conduit to bring heaven to earth. And the last thing that the enemy wants is for us to be an open conduit for God's power to flow in us and through us and into the lives around us. That's the last thing he, he wants. And so if the enemy can keep you 
from manifesting God's goodness in your life, if he can keep you in a crisis situation, see, we will be more focused on the crisis instead of on the finished work of Christ. If he can keep us distracted and because there's Christ in us, the hope of all glory, but the thing is we will not display that glory and we will keep a cover on that glory when we have distractions from all around. When our focus is on the left, when our focus is on the right, we're doing everything except focusing forward where we're supposed to be marching and moving forward and advancing the kingdom. So if the enemy can keep me in this crisis mode, if he can keep me focused on my problems, then what I am doing is I am bringing less kingdom to earth, and when I am bringing less kingdom to earth, I am giving more influence for the enemy here on this earth. That's why he doesn't want it. That's why he's gonna do everything he can possibly do to distract us and to keep us off the plan and the purpose. If he can keep us doing that, what it will do is it will allow him to continue to do his work on this earth. But when I am bringing heaven to earth, that means I am not only advancing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, but I am taking away territory from the enemy. The enemy doesn't want to lose ground. He's hanging on to everything he possibly can hang on to until the final judgment. Like he's doing everything he can possibly do to gain ground here on the earth. And I want to tell you that society and people in the world, they're making it very easy for him. But guess what? We as born again believers, us as Christians, little Christ's, we should be making it very, 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 very difficult for the enemy to gain ground. Amen? Amen? But if he can get us caught up and if he can get us focused on everything but the word of God, our promises, who he is, and then we won't invade his territory with God's kingdom. We just won't. We'll get, we'll get hung up because we're focused on everything else around us. I'm going to be hopefully getting to Joshua chapter 7. Um, if not, maybe we'll, we'll kind of get into it next week. My goal is to get through Joshua chapter 7. Um, if you have two hours, I'll probably get there, so it'll be great. But, but we, we started taking this march through the book of Joshua. And... Um, if you have your Bibles today, just open your Bibles. Like I said, you can kind of put your finger, finger or whatever and um, put your friend's hand, whatever it is, in, 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 your, in your Bible and just kind of keep that, keep that bookmark there. Um, but the story of Joshua is, is the Israelites coming out of the wilderness because up until this point, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. They literally, their, their profession became wanderers. They were professional wanderers, if you remember. That's what they did. That's what they, that's what they learned. That's all they knew. They just knew how to wander around in the wilderness. And God supplied for them, and God was supernatural, and God did incredible things for them, but they were, they were professional wanderers. And now it's time in Joshua chapter one to where now the Israelites, Moses is season is over. God calls him up on a mountain and it's like, Hey, you're, you're done. You're coming home to be with me. That's what it is. And God supernaturally buried him on a mountain. And it's incredible just how even Moses's story started off as a baby supernatural and it ended supernatural. I believe that's exactly how our lives can be. That he was 120, that his eyesight wasn't dim. His strength, his strength wasn't weak. That he just, it was like, Hey, I ran my race. I'm just going home to be with you. You know, I'm just, I'm going home. That's what I'm doing. That's what I believe that our lives should be, that our lives from start to finish. And even if we didn't necessarily start that way, floating down the Nile River in a basket, because I'm sure you didn't, wherever your new life in Christ starts, that's where, that's the beginning of your life. All old is passed away. You've been made what? Brand new. That is when you've been reborn. That's when life began. And your life can start and finish with God's supernatural hand continually surrounding you in all that you do. 
And so, so here's Moses, the beginning of Joshua 1 says that my servant Moses is, is now dead. Now Joshua, get up and go. Get up, you're, you're taking, you're gonna lead the Israelites into the promised land. That's what you're gonna do. You're leading them into the promised land. And, and in Joshua chapter one, God gives Joshua commands. He lays it out there for Joshua saying, look, this is a new season. I'm just, I'm kind of I'm, I'm laying it all out. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there for you and I'm giving you my commands. And this is what I need you to do is that I need you to lead my people into the land that I've given them. And it says in verse three that every part of the land where you march, Joshua, every part of the land where you set the sole of your foot, remember that, God said, Joshua, every place that you set the sole of your foot, that was a command to Joshua, that you set the sole of your foot, I will give you that land and I will give you victory. And God now is, is moving on and he's going on saying, so here's the deal, Joshua. I've given you my commands. I, I've, 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 I'm telling you what to do. You not only have the commands from Moses, but, but now I'm giving you a direct command that wherever you set the sole of your foot, I'm making it real, real easy for you. Wherever you set the sole of your foot, I will give you victory. I will bless you. I will prosper you. So do what? And we kind of know Joshua chapter one. Some of us have posters in our house and pictures and all of that stuff. So be strong and courageous, right? Don't be afraid or discouraged because I am with you wherever you go. That's the command that, that God is giving Joshua to be strong and courageous. And it says that, that no enemy will be able to defeat you. There is none. There is no enemy that will be able to defeat you. So Joshua, here's what I need you to do. I need you again to be strong and courageous. Never afraid or discouraged because I am with you wherever you go. Listen, Joshua, as he continues on. Now that's the second time that he told him, be strong and courageous. But then he goes on, he's saying, Joshua, listen, I'm just gonna tell you one more time, just keep me first place in your life. If you stay focused on me, if you keep my word in your heart, as David said, he's like, Father, let me hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you, that I may not veer off the path. This is what God is saying, saying, Joshua, if you hide my word in your heart, if you keep me first place in your life, if you stay focused on me, if you, if you keep your attention on me, your affection on me, all that you are on me, you don't veer to the left and to the right, you will succeed and you will prosper in everything that you do. What an incredible command. God is saying that same exact thing to us today, saying, son, daughter, if you keep your eyes fixed and focused on me, you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. He makes it very simple. We make this thing very, very difficult. We're the ones that make this hard because we start coming in and trying to throw all these exceptions and these rules and this and that. I mean, God, God started with the 10 commandments and they were like, oh, well, we gotta add like 19,000 more. Like, why, why, do we, why do we make God's love so difficult? Why, why, do, we, why do we make following him so difficult? That's a distraction of the enemy to try to get us off of the fact and bringing us to the fact that there's no way that you could ever do it. And I'll say there's no way that I can do it in my own strength, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to do it in my own strength. I don't have to bring anything to the table. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I didn't have to come and walk over and even set anything up. He's already prepared the table for me. I just need to show up. I think some of you need to know that today. God just needs you to show up. Say, well, there's no way that I can beat this giant. There's no way that I can conquer this opposition. There's no way that I can take. No, I just need you to show up. If you just show up, I'll work through you. 
That's what he told his disciples. It's like, don't worry. When you get before councils, when you get before all of these, all of these fancy men and everything else, all, all these government officials, don't worry about what you're going to say. Just let Holy Spirit work and flow in you and through you. We worry about it so much. We allow fear to conquer us. Even when we have a promise that God is for us, never against us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, when we have this promise from God, right? I mean, it's what his word says. If you've been in church more than like eight minutes, like all the songs we sang today, they all point to his goodness. I mean, you, you, you can't be in this building more than a few minutes and see the goodness of God. Everything points to him. It's all about him. But we'll make it so difficult and so, we'll, we'll, we'll try to add things to it. And that's why, again, another time, God is saying, Joshua, here's the deal. I, I, I know your, your thought process. I know how things are. I know that through sin, the way that you've been wired, and I want to tell you, I know the beginning from the end, and you have victory, Joshua. But I need you to be strong and courageous, because I'm telling you right now, even though you have my promise, even though you have victory in your life, because I've said it and I've spoken it over you, I need you to know that there is going to be temptation to bring fear into your life. I need you to know that there's going to be temptation. The enemy can't win over you because I already have the victory, but there's going to be temptation for fear to come in. There's going to be temptation for discouragement to try to settle in to who you are and the plan and the purpose that I've called for your life. Why? Because the enemy wants to keep us in crisis mode. The enemy doesn't want us advancing the kingdom forward. No, not at all. So he's going to throw it out there. He's going to throw fear. He's going to throw discouragement. And it's the outlet that it comes in, in this fallen world. It's the, it's, there's, there's, so many, there's so many ways that fear and discouragement can settle in. There's so many different ways. But I love what, what, what God is saying to Joshua, saying, Joshua, listen, I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to hang on to my promise. I need you to know that no matter what comes, I know what's coming. And as much as I have a plan for your life, I know that people are going to deviate from my plan. I know that people aren't going to follow it perfectly. I know that people are going to fail. I know that they're going to allow these defeats to come into their lives. And they weren't for me. I gave you a promise of victory. But, but because of our own actions, because of our carnality, because of the, the decisions that we have made, we are going to allow these defeats to enter into our life. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't ultimately have the victory. But through, through decisions outside of God's plan and outside of God's purpose, outside of communion with him, we have a tendency to allow these things in. He's saying, Joshua, look, I am telling you, there's going to be circumstances and situations that are going to try to bring fear. Listen, fear is going to come. Discouragement's going to come. But I need you to take hold of my promise. I need it to be so rooted in your heart. I need you to not be distracted when it comes. And I need you to be strong and courageous no matter what you see, what you feel, what you hear, or even what you experience. I need you to know that I am for you. My plan is victory for your life. So I need you to stand strong on my promise. Though the wind and the waves may come, don't be like the house built on sinking sand. Joshua, I know he's saying it to his church today. Church, son, daughter, regardless, regardless of what you're experiencing, I need you to hold fast to my promise.
but we make it so difficult. But God, but, 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 but God, and I, and I think we'll, we'll start strong. Like we, we, we wanna, we, we have these moments to where we get motivated. It's kind of like New Year's resolutions with God to where it's like, man, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get into my faith gym at the beginning of the year. I'm getting my subscription to my faith gym. I'm gonna go to church, you know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start getting in the word, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it starts to dwindle down. It starts to kind of be, because that, that's through, through, through the nature, through our unrenewed mind, we want to resort back to unbelief. But we'll, we'll start strong, and Joshua absolutely started off strong with all of this. Because immediately he's saying, let's go, let's get up. There was an urgency because there was faith. And God even shows that he is with his people because God knows that people are wired in a way to, to, to want to favor unbelief, to want to favor, in a sense, this voice of doubt and fear and discouragement. That's why God said it so many times, do not fear, do not be discouraged because God knew that the unrenewed mind has a tendency to go that way. But God in his goodness and his mercy and his grace is saying, hey, like, let me show you this. Because all of a sudden they go and they step into an incredible miracle as they plan to cross over the Jordan River. And God gives this instructions as the ark enters into the Jordan River, it will dry up and it will part and your men will walk across on dry ground. This was another like Red Sea moment in their lives. But do you see the bent of humanity to where God parts the Red Sea, saves them from Egypt, parts the Red Sea, an incredible miracle. Just un like, can you imagine being there for that? Seeing that and you're just kind of like waving at Nemo as you walk by. Like what? Like unbelievable. And it's like, is that Shamu? I didn't even know it existed anymore. As you're, as you're walking through on this dry ground, now all of a sudden God is saying, look, just like I was with your ancestors, I am showing you that I am with you today, that I am for you. I'm gonna show you my goodness. I'm gonna put it on display. Then all of a sudden, there was this incredible miracle of the parting of the, uh, of the, parting of the Jordan River as they walked across on dry ground. Because God knew that fear and discouragement would want to creep into their lives. And, he's, and he's, what he is doing is he is putting his goodness on display to show everybody, listen, I am with you. I am for you today. You can be strong and courageous. Look, I, I am right here with you. I am doing the impossible. I am showing you that my glory is with you, that it surrounds you like a shield. And so they walk through because he knows that they're coming up against the city that they cannot beat in their own strength. But he's showing them that it's not about walking by sight, but it's about keeping a heart of faith and walking in the supernatural that God has planned for each and every one of us. And so he shows them that, look, I am with you. I am for you. And he parts the Jordan River, an absolutely incredible miracle. And the spies go in and they, they scout out the land and, and they say that it's good, that the city's been defeated. And then, then, like I said, then they all cross the Jordan River. And then they, when they cross the Jordan River, it was like, man, God, you're so incredible that we want to make a covenant with you. Like we want to re-up our covenant with you here uh, in the promised land that because you, you have to realize that none of the men were circumcised in the wilderness. And so they were re-upping that covenant with God saying, God, like, look, I am, I am marking it today that you are my God and we are your people. And where you go, we will follow no matter the cost, no matter what it brings, we are making a covenant with you. So there is worship there and there is this covenant made in the valley to where, to where now it's, it's like, all right, hurrah, hurrah, like we're heading in. 
And now they're marching upon Jericho and they're reaching the city of Jericho and they see these walls that are absolutely impossible to overcome with what they had, the technology of those days, which really was nothing. To now come up against a fortified city and to come up against opposition that in the natural was absolutely impossible to overcome. How many of us have experienced situations like that before? Maybe some of you today are in a situation like that. To where it seems like that you're just walking up, uh, uh, up to this impossible situation. You're walking up to a circumstance. You're walking, and, it's just like, and you're just seeing it. It's not like you can miss Jericho. I mean, the city was huge. It wasn't necessarily huge in like, like plot of land area, but like it was like the walls towered. I mean, they could see it, they could see it for, for probably miles off as they're walking up to this saying, we're gonna, we're gonna take that city? And it's like, you're like calling in the military. Can I at least get like a drone strike to at least knock a hole in this wall or do something like that? I mean, like, so they come up to this city this impossible situation in their lives. And God gives them more instructions. It's like, look, I know, like I just showed you an incredible miracle. I again parted water for you. What do you want me to do? Walk on water next? I'll do that in the New Testament. And see, like, I, I just did the impossible. Like I just parted water again. Like I didn't, I didn't build a dam up here and, and, and did, no, 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 no. Like I supernaturally, you stepped in the water and it just parted. But he knew the bent of humanity, especially in the Old Testament. They weren't born again. We have the privilege and the honor of having Holy Spirit in us. And we still have a bent through the unrenewed mind to move toward fear, to move toward discouragement, to move toward unbelief. But here was God that was, that, that, and I believe it, it was all intentional in God's plan. God doesn't do anything unintentionally. Like he is so intentional to where he knew, it's like they're gonna look at this city and they're gonna just be walking up to it the whole entire time thinking there's just absolutely no way that we can take that city. There's absolutely no way that we can overcome this and conquer this, God. You better come through. Because there's no, there's no way that we can do this in our own right. Again, some of us are walking up on situations like that today. To where it's like, man, God, there, there's absolutely no way that I can overcome this situation. There's absolutely no way that I can get through this. There's absolutely, there's, there's, there's nothing that I have. There's, there, I, I, I got nothing. I, there's no way. And God's saying, good. Because now I can step in. Now I can show you my power. Now I can show you who I am. Now I can show you in all the world my goodness and my glory. So I believe as, as the Israelites were walking up to Jericho, they were seeing this. And then they were given the instruction to walk around the city, again, I believe it was because of unbelief that was kind of brewing and God knew that, that they were, they were given this command to walk around the city for six days, once, once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day to walk around it seven times. But here's the deal. So they marched around the city in silence. God said, do not say a word. That was the command. Until I tell you to go, until I tell you that it's good, do not, absolutely do not say a single word. Just march. Stare at that problem. Stare at that city. Stare at that opposition. And be silent. Be still. And know that I am God. What was God doing in that moment? I believe, see, what he was doing, it was he was winning the battle in here so that he could win the battle out here. See, the battle is won or lost really in here. 
so many of us aren't experiencing what we should be experiencing, even though we might be saying the right words. But in here, we declare it, but we don't believe it. Therefore, we don't receive it. You see? See how powerful it is? So what God was doing is that he was, he was winning the battle inside so that he could win the battle outside. Because again, your life is heading in the direction of your strongest thought. Whether you believe it or not, what you believe in your finances, what you believe in your marriage, what you believe over your kids, what you believe over, over your job situation and, and what's, what's happening, the way, what you believe, your thought in that area of your life, that's the direction that that area of your life is going. Whether we like it or not, that is the direction that our life is going in that area of our lives. That's how some people can have victory in one area but not victory in another because they believe it in one area of their life. Maybe they're just, man, they just believe it with their finances but they can't believe the same thing with their health. And so what God is doing here, he's saying, look, I know that, that, that your life is gonna head in that direction, so what I need to do is I need to bring it all back. This was the first case of renewing their mind to the word of God. Now we can sit down and we can renew our minds to the word of God. We have such an honor and a privilege to come in and sit down and spend time with God in this completed word that, man, it's everywhere. Even if you forget your Bible, it's like, well, I got it on my phone. I just pull open a drawer in a hotel room and there's a Bible. Man, there's, it, it's, it's so plentiful that we've just almost kind of just, it's like, but, but yeah, just whatever. It's, it's just become, you see even how the enemy has done that because it's become so commonplace to where you have people that wouldn't even say the name of God out of honor and reverence to his name, but God to us in this society has become so commonplace that it's lost all that fear and reverence. What a distortion from the enemy. That's exactly what the enemy wants. Again, from the very beginning, to keep you distracted. Why? Because then you will not be advancing the kingdom. You won't be defeating your Jerichos. You won't be, you won't be walking in victory. Because we're not believing it. We're not allowing his word to sink down deep in each and every one of our hearts and each and every one of our lives and produce 30, 60, 100 fold and produce the fruit that he's declared over your life. So God knew this with his people. God knows this with us today. That our lives are heading in this direction. That our thought process, our soul dictates what we experience in life. And so the enemy wants to try to distort everything. And now God is here the first, it just, he, he's now given his word and he's saying, hey, just like he wants us to get into his word and meditate on this word and allow it to produce fruit in our lives. And thankfully through Holy Spirit, we can now see through new wisdom and new revelation and new understanding that Holy Spirit can bring revelation life out of this. But they had the word of God spoken over them that, look, you're going to conquer this city, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to settle it in here so that I can settle it out here. I believe God is saying that over a lot of our situations today, that we need to settle it in here again so he can settle it out here. Because once you become born again, What an incredible miracle it is that we can have these miracles take place 
And just like I said, we can see the mighty hand of God work in our lives. You could be like, man, so down and out, then all of a sudden, God just supernaturally pay off something in your life, a debt that you had that was overwhelming, and God's saying, hey, look, I'm going to show you my goodness. I'm going to show you my grace. I'm going to part the waters of that area of your life, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, God, that was absolutely unbelievable. It is, it's so incredible. God, you're so good. You're so absolutely amazing. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for handling this situation for me. Then all of a sudden, it's just kind of like we're back in the gutter. Why do you think they were always commanded to build monuments and memorials in the Old Testament? So they never forgot where God brought them. We are so quick to forget. I don't even know what I did yesterday. So what you eat? I don't know. I don't even know if I did eat. No, I did. I totally did. But that's, that's how much the enemy has programmed our minds to just, just wash it off as common. Just, just kind of like on to the next big thing. What do you mean on to the next big thing? Man, God just parted the waters in your life. God just brought supernatural healing. God just brought supernatural provision and you want to move on from that? I understand I need to keep marching, but man, I want to wear that on me. I want to see God's provision. I want to know God's provision. I want to live in God's provision. And I do that because I want to live in his presence. I don't want to walk away from it. I don't want to have my secret place that only I can find, but then I leave God in my secret place and I go run and do everything else in my life. That's not how it works. That works for destruction. That works for defeat. Because we're only being charged up enough to kind of like, all right, I'm starting my day off strong. Let's go. But see, then all of a sudden, when we're operating life like that, then everything, because we're leaving God there, now we have to pour out of our own strength instead of out of his overflow. But when we are walking and talking with God, when we are continually in communion with him, day and night, may I meditate on your word, day and night, Father, I never have to leave your presence. Well, what about when I go to work? Man, God's presence should be so strong at your work, but you don't understand. I work a secular job. Well, you're there, so it's not a secular job anymore. Because the presence of God is there. Communion with God is there. Well, you don't understand my family situation. No, 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 no. When you walk into the room as a born-again believer, you are the highest ranking authority in that room. So it doesn't matter what devil or demon is in that room, you shine. You push out the darkness because of Christ in you, the hope of all glory. So how we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave inside of us. And he will quicken our mortal bodies. That's what the word says, that he will quicken our mortal bodies. Meaning that we will experience the manifest glory of God in our natural world. Whether it's through health, through provision, through, through whatever. That he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. How do we see the manifest presence of God being pushed out in our lives? Because that's in it. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So I carry the presence of God. So my job as a born again believer is to manifest the presence of God here on this earth. To be an open conduit for God to flow. But so many times, we, we allow that conduit. There's no way I'm getting to chapter 7. There's absolutely no way whatsoever. Are you getting something out of this today? But, but so many times, we clog that flow. Stop laughing at me, Cindy. So many times we clog that flow of what the Spirit of God wants to do in us and through us. That we have the hope of all glory inside of us, inside of our spirit, man. When you become born again, you have the old dead man from Adam, the, the spirit that was cut off from God, the, 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 the Adamic nature that you, that you inherited from Adam. 
is now removed from your life. Praise God for that. That it is removed from your life and now the spirit of God, the very breath of God is now placed back on the inside of you. It is the original design. It's who we're created to be. So to be a born again believer and still walk around in defeat and discouragement saying, I am nothing. That I just have nothing. No, 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 no. You are something because you are born again. You have the very breath of God on the inside of you. Well, I'm worth nothing. Well, let me tell you, you're worth everything because you house the glory of God everywhere that you go, everything that you do, everyone you encounter. You, you are the container that is, that is housing the glory of God in every circumstance, in every situation. So when the old man is dead and gone, it is removed from your life. All old is passed away. You've been now raised to new resurrection life, the Bible says, because the spirit of God is placed on the back, back inside of you, just like God when he came down and he breathed into Adam. <sighs> nose to nose, mouth to mouth, intimacy, breathe his life into Adam and Adam was, was raised up now in the very image of God. What was in the image of God? Adam's spirit was in the image of God. And now as a born again believer, the old dead spirit that was cut off and disconnected from God, the one that we received from Adam is removed and the very presence, the spirit of God is placed back on the inside of us and it is vacuum sealed. The enemy cannot touch it. But here's what the problem is, is that Romans 12 tells us that we are transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. We talked about that earlier. We are transformed, transformed, not just slightly shifted, not a little new hairdo, but we are literally transformed. I, I, I think of, you know, like the Transformers movie to where they're, they're one thing and then all of a sudden it looks like, oh, you're just a little car. Then all of a sudden you turn into like a 90 foot robot. It is like, where did that come from? I believe that that's exactly the way it is that we are transformed when we get into God's word, when we allow his presence to invade our lives, when we are renewing our mind to the word of God, all of a sudden we are unfolding from who we used to be. It's like you, you have this butterfly coming out of his, what is it, a chrysalis? <sighs> Being birthed. I'm so smart. Chrysalis. <laughs> Being birthed out and all of a sudden it's like, whoo, it bursts forth. But I think of that, us with a born again believer as we are transformed, that our spirit man is brand new. And then all of a sudden, when we are renewing our mind, all the junk that was clogged in the system of our soul, because if we're a conduit, the purpose of a conduit is to allow things to flow freely through it. But in our old nature, the old renewed mind, we were jamming things in there. We were putting toys and toilet paper and a bunch of weird stuff and clogging that drain. And then all of a sudden, it's like, why isn't the water going down? What's going on? Why isn't it flowing? When, see, all of a sudden, renewing our mind starts to rip out that garbage and rip out that junk, and it allows the Spirit of God to be manifest in and through our lives. It allows the Spirit of God to be birthing out into our natural realm. The same spirit that raised Christ from the grave dwells within me. It is in my spirit, man. It is the breath of God. It is Holy Spirit in my spirit, man. And it will now quicken my mortal body. It will now quicken my natural world. It will bring life to my natural world as I renew my mind to the word of God because I am pulling out the junk that's on the inside. Now when I renew my mind, I become transformed and I pop out of this shell dressed in the armor of God, ready for battle, and now I can move his life into every area and every aspect of this world. That's who we are. 
It's how we overcome. It's nowhere near chapter seven. But man, that's good news. That's good news. You getting something out of this today? Amen. Well, I'm going to stop there because if not, I'm going to get a phone call that I went over on time and I don't want that to happen. Come on, stand with me today. Father, you're so good. You love us so much. You are for us today. Thank you that your plan and your purpose for our lives is never ending. Thank you that it brings about purpose and it brings about your plan. It brings about future and hope. Father, I pray for anybody that's dealing with a crisis situation right now, that's dealing with distractions, that's being pulled to the left or to the right. Maybe it's a personal thing, Father, whether it's health, um, maybe a distraction with their kids or within their family, with a spouse. Father, maybe it's distractions or we're allowing ourselves to be pulled into the, 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 the world news of what's happening and what's going on, that we're, we're feeding on the, the social medias and the news programs and we're allowing distractions to come. Father, help us refocus back on you today. Father, help us lay aside those distractions. Help us lay aside, as your word says, the weights that just that keep us just weighing down and keep us running slow and from advancing your kingdom. Let us lay aside those weights. Lay us, let us lay aside those distractions that the enemy is placing on us. Let us exchange it, those yokes and those burdens that we have placed through these distractions, Father. I pray that we would allow the great exchange to come today and we would allow our lives to partner with you and what you're doing in us and through us, that we would help unclog that drain through getting into your word by not being distracted and scrolling down through posts and everything else. But, but Father, we would, we would lay down those distractions or we would not get in those arguments that have just keep rowing us up in, in all the wrong ways. That, Father, we would put those things aside and we would come back and say, Father, I'm going to get into your presence and I'm going to unclog everything that I've stuffed into that conduit because, Father, I want your spirit and your presence to flow. So whatever the distraction is, if it's in health, Father, I declare life right now in Jesus' name. Father, if it's over struggling with fear. Father, I declare peace right now in Jesus' name. If it's over discouragement, if it's over finances, if it's over whatever it is, Father, I declare your life that whatever the need is in the circumstance, Father, as we get into your word and seek it out, it has to be backed by our faith. It has to be backed through the, the faith and the belief in the finished work of Jesus. So Father, help us come into agreement with you, Father. And as we come into agreement with you, Father, we will see your supernatural supply, not just trickle, but burst forth like a mighty river into each and every one of those areas of our lives. Father, you know the needs that are in this room. You know the needs of those watching our line. And you promise that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory, whatever the need, spirit, soul, or body. But Father, right now, help us. But we gotta get into you. We gotta get into you because we need to unclog the flow. You're not the one that's stopping the flow. You're flowing. So Father, help us unclog it today as we get into you and we see your supernatural supply and whatever those areas are whatever those needs are today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged by our service. We invite you to join us again next week. Our services go live every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and at wordoflife.church. And we also meet in person every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. If God is using our church to change your life and you'd like to help us lead people to life in Jesus through your generous giving, you can do so by visiting wordoflife.church/give 
or you can text your donation amount to 84321. Follow along with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you'd like to know more about what God is doing in and through Word of Life Church. God is doing incredible things here, and we are so honored that you chose to spend your time with us.